welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good Sunday afternoon, evening. My name is Howie Silbiger. Now, it's afternoon somewhere. Uh, not necessarily where I am, but it's afternoon somewhere. So good afternoon, evening. My name is Howie Silverger. This is the Howie Silverger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, as promised, as promised, I will have some more information about the changes to the show. I, um, I promised you on Sunday that I would have more, cha- more, more information. And as promised, I will provide a little more information about the changes on the show. You are listening today, Howie Silverger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Download the app. From your favorite app store, uh, the True Talk Radio Network app. Uh, True Talk Radio is a 24-hour radio station, and we air a lot of shows. Uh, the Howie Silver Show is one of the better shows on the station, but we have a lot of other great programming on True Talk Radio. Check out the schedule, truetalkradio.com. Download the app. Uh, you could also watch the Howie Silver Show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Periscope, on YouTube, and, uh, and of course, uh, right here. Right here, wherever you're watching it, and on the True Talk Radio, um, on the TrueTalkRadio.com, on the website. So uh, this week has been an interesting week, and it's a week I wanted to talk to you about. I'll be joined, by the way, in a couple of minutes with, by Shelton Eric Freed. Uh, it's a week I want to talk to you about because, um, to me, it's been, it's been a little strange. And the reason it's been a little strange is not so much because of the changes we're making in the show. I mean, I've been working hard on that, and we've been trying to get that in order. Uh, I don't have all the information for you tonight, but I will have a lot more than I gave you on, let's say, Tuesday. Um, but that's, that's not really why this week has been interesting. Uh, this week, the United States brokered a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Now, this peace deal that they brokered was a, um, w- was a, a, a giant step forward in, in, um, in foreign relations, a giant step forward in foreign relations for the United States, it was a uh, historic deal, first time that Israel has made a deal with, uh, with, with an Arab country that has been hostile to Israel since the, since the birth of Israel. It is the first time that Israel has, uh, has, has achieved this kind of a peace agreement. They're opening full diplomatic relations and full trade, and it is amazing. And if other countries, other Arab countries, take the lead of the United Arab Emirates, uh, the Middle East could blossom as a, uh, as, as a great, great, great uh, area, region of the world. The only thing is that because it was brokered by Donald Trump and the, uh, and, and the Trump administration, mainstream media has been playing it down. Not only have they been playing it down, and not only have they been, uh, have they been talking about how uninspired this deal is and how unoriginal this deal is, they, they've been saying it's actually a bad thing. Now, one of the um, now I'm going to go Canadian now because uh, because we're in Canada. Uh, one of the uh, major Canadian news networks, CTV News, in announcing this deal, then announcing this deal, they um, they did this. I want to show you the whole clip, and then I want to talk about the clip. We'll talk about it with Sheldon. All right, so I want to show you the whole clip from CTV. This came from CTV News on the announcement of this United Arab Emirates deal with the uh, United States. I, you're, you're going to sh- find this as shocking as I will. I'm, I'm sure you will. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to say any more. Let's watch the clip, and then we will, um, let, then we will talk uh, to Sheldon, and we'll, we'll get, we'll get a little bit of reaction. 
Trump claiming credit for helping to make this happen. In the coming weeks, Israel and the UAE say they will meet to sign deals related to tourism and trade, healthcare, culture, the environment. The UAE's American ambassador saying the deal is a win for diplomacy for the region. Let's show you the map of what we're talking about here, situating you, Israel, there on the Mediterranean and the UAE. Uh, big players, of course, in the region. What could this mean and what's the significance of this deal? Nader Hashemi is joining us uh, from Denver. He is with the Center for Middle East Studies at the university there. Nader, always good to see you. Uh, your read on this. There's a lot of buzz coming out of the White House. Cut through it for us, though. What do you think? Well, I'm in the skeptical camp. I don't think this is a major breakthrough for peace and stability in the Middle East. And the reason why I take that position is that Israel um, um, refuses to acknowledge that in order to enhance its security in the Middle East, it has to make peace with the peoples of the Middle East, not with the dictators that rule over them. And the only way that can happen is if Israel gives a little bit of justice to the Palestinians. And that's a position that Israel refuses to do. It refuses to accept a two-state settlement, and it refuses to accept the Palestinians as full citizens. And it thinks that it can achieve its security concerns by striking these types of deals with various dictators and despots in the Middle East, assuming that those dictators and despots will be around for a very long time. So I think um, looked at it from that perspective, I think there's a lot to be concerned here. I don't think this really enhances the prospects for peace. What it does is I think it gives Donald Trump perhaps a, a, a fake foreign policy victory uh, over something that he had very little role uh, in, in, in pulling off. Yeah, you mentioned despots and dictators. Let me ask you about the UAE. What's the calculus on their side, do you think? Well, I think um, they're trying to help Donald Trump. It's important to realize that Trump has several big allies and supporters uh, in the Middle East, um, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. So given Trump's um, problems domestically, he's low in the opinion po polls, he might not get reelected. I think uh, at one level, the UAE is thinking, well, we'll give Trump a victory and this might help him stay in power and indirectly that will help us. Uh, but I think they're also I think the UAE is also calculating that um, um, given um, rising um, opposition in the United States um, towards uh, support for dictators and despots um, for the war in Yemen, um, the UAE is calculating that by striking this alliance with Israel, it will act as a, you know, an insurance policy that one of the regional powers in the Middle East will now be in alliance with the UAE, and this will secure them um, uh, for the long term should, you know, public opinion and should American policy sometime down the road shift against the UAE and its, and its, and its destabilizing policies in the Middle East. So we'll you got that? The peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates is, uh, is, is a fake, is a fake foreign relations victory for Donald Trump. The hatred of Trump shown by the media, that's Bell Media that owns CTV News. The hatred of Trump shown by the media, and, and that was just one example. I could play you multiple examples. I don't want to waste time with this because to give them more airtime is just pointless. I don't want to waste more time with this. But if you watch CNN, you watched MSNBC, watched any of the major American news networks, this is the major Canadian one, you watched any of the major American news networks, you got the exact same story. That this was a ploy by Donald Trump so he could win the election. Joining me now is my long-suffering producer, Sheldon Eric Freed. Sheldon, uh, how, how, how disgusting is this? I mean, here was a major peace agreement, a major, major peace agreement, and... and 
it's being played down by major media. Hi, Howie. Um, yeah, I, I really think uh, we actually discussed this earlier about the role of media and presidents or uh, leaders of foreign countries. And I go by the I go by this stretch uh, stress. Um, I go by this motto, I guess you can say, is the media has a responsibility of reporting things accurately and fairly. Now, to me, it doesn't make a difference who's running who's the president of the United States or the prime minister of Canada or anywhere around the world. If the person does a good job, if he or she helps shape peace and bringing people closer together and bringing less violence, less deaths, less tragedy in the world, that's what they should focus on. It, you know, to, to say right away it's a political ploy Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But you know what? I look at it this way. Israel and the United Arab Emirates are going to be better and better productive and people will get along better. And the most important thing is when people go out, they don't have to worry about people getting bombed, people getting killed. But, but you know what so gets, whether not, you know what gets me here, Sheldon? Trump, you know what gets me whether, here? You know what gets me here, Sheldon? Uh, what gets you? Not so much that the... Um, not so much that the... That the uh, that they didn't like the fact that Donald Trump brokered this peace deal. That's not what gets me so much. What gets me is that uh, that there was no mention that the Palestinian Authority just last month said that all peace deals that with Israel have been nullified. They're, they're not they're not abiding by any of them. Uh, what gets me is that here here th- this reporter was that Evan Solomon. I don't even know who that was. Uh, I don't think it was Evan Solomon. No, it didn't sound like Evan. No, no. Um, but the reporter who was there. What he what he what he said what he was basically saying was uh, you know Donald Trump may have brokered this but he just did it for his own good and it's not going to do any good for the Middle East and that's really load of bunk and they're selling a load I, of bunk I, and, and this I is, think it's a load of bunk because you know what even if let's say to be devil's advocate if 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 Trump was doing that for political points I don't I don't I don't care because you know what there's a peace deal. Yeah, there's a peace deal. So whether or not it's Trump, Obama, any U.S. president, if it was a socialist, whatever. Oh, but Sheldon, you know that if it was Obama, this would be front page news everywhere. Yes. And I'm and I'm saying that that's not that's not right either. I'm saying that everybody should be credited or asked the hard questions based based on facts, not because of political affiliations of the person's black, white, Republican, Democrat, Trump or not Trump. If Trump brokered this deal, then he should get the credit for it. The same thing as I said to you before. If Trump were to make a major, major mistake, I would call him out on that. For but sure. I would also call I would call Joe Biden out on it. I would call Trudeau on it. I would call anybody on it if they if they said or did something that was uh, that they should not have done. But that's the thing with politics. People are in the political spotlight. It's is it fair the way media has treated Trump? No. But why do you think Should, the media? Why do you think the media is playing heavy politics now? I know, I know, it's an election year. There's an election in a couple of months. Uh, but why do you think the media is taking sides? And this is obviously CTV News obviously took sides here. Me, I mean, CTV just, just and, their, uh, and all other just, media has always taken sides. Just the choice, the choice of guests that they chose to go there. They knew the guy was going to say this is a load of bunk. Uh, 
and yeah, and they yeah. just played right into it. So, uh, you know, taking sides like that, why would they take sides and not have like a panel discussion with this guy and another guy? A guy says, hey, this is great news for the Middle East. Another guy says, okay, it's not so good news. So at least you well, give a balanced what, opinion. That's what the big media players forget to do is they forget to do what they used to do many, many years ago is to take all sides of the situation and let people like you and myself, the, the listener, the consumer, the reader, uh, at, to be able to process it and make their own, make our own decisions. We do not need media to make our decisions for us. That's the problem. That is the biggest problem. I've always said, media has no business in telling us who to vote for and slanting facts or factual stories. Here's the situation: Donald Trump has helped broker the situation in the Middle East. We now have peace in the Middle East. Whether or not it was Trump, Obama, or anybody else, the facts are the facts. There's now a peace treaty signed. That's how I look at it. So whether or not it's Trump that did it or anybody else, then Trump should should also take the credit. Now, is this a political brownie points? I'm not going to. I'm Does not going to speculate. Doesn't matter. It does. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, people. The people in the United Arab Emirates or people in Israel can now breathe a sigh of relief. That's the main thing. If I, I was I want to remind you, Sheldon, regions, Sheldon, I want to remind who you, would I care? I'm old enough to remember the 93 uh, Oslo Accords. I'm old enough to remember when that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the program director at CUTV uh, when, when the Oslo Accords happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we, we canceled all programming on the station, and we played that. We played a loop of the signing ceremony between Yasser Arafat and Yitzhak Rabin over and over again for about 24 hours. Right? It was just a continuous loop. As did all the news, the, the entire news uh, organizations, all of them uh, played that signing ceremony ad nauseum. Right? So that's what we did. Uh, nobody at that time that I remember ever said... Uh, well, you know, this is just Clinton trying to uh, trying to gain a, you know gain some brownie points. This is just Clinton trying to uh, secure his legacy. Nobody said that at all. Everybody said, "Wow, look at that! The Arabs and the Jews signed a peace deal." Here is a country that was at war with Israel for the last sixty five years, and now they've come to an agreement. It should be celebrated. I think so. And as a matter of fact, I hope the other Arab countries will follow suit. And like you said, would make the Middle East a very wonderful region that people could live without, without any worry, any being scared of looking over their shoulder with somebody attempting to kill them. Look, and I, I think I, if said, you're a resident living in any of those countries, I think that's exactly you would want to have no matter who's brokered in the peace deal. I've said this before and I'll say it again and I'll continue to say it. Uh, if, uh, if the Palestinians want a peace agreement... They have to get rid of their leadership. Mahmoud Abbas has to go. The PLO has to go. Mm-hmm. They have to. They have to. Um, they have to bring in normal people who want peace. You know, when it's disingenuine, it's never going to happen. So when Yasser Arafat signed the Oslo Accords and then two two weeks later went to Khartoum in South Africa and, and gave a speech in front of Nelson Mandela, who applauded it, saying. You know, what we told the Jews and we signed the Jews and the Americans is not necessarily what we have. This is our first step at achieving uh, liberation of all of Palestine, which is essentially all of Israel in their minds. Um, you know, when, we, when we take a look at that, you kind of wonder uh, if, you're, if you're not, you know, if I make a deal with you, we make a business deal, me and you, Sheldon, and I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not sincere in my end of the deal, that deal is never going to work. Nothing is ever going to happen. There's never going to be peace. We're never going to have a good relationship. Well, any relationship is based on trust, business right. or personal. 
you lose the trust and that's the building blocks of any kind of relationship whatsoever. So, you know, this is, uh, this is where we're at, right? And that's mm-hmm. why after the 93 Oslo Accords, which was a comprehensive peace deal, which should have uh, achieved peace in the Middle East immediately and over time it should have created a Palestinian state. That was the idea. And that's why there were five more treaties after that. Because they were disingenuine when they originally signed it. The Arabs were, disin- were, not, were, not, were not sincere when they signed the original deal. So there were five more deals after that. And then now, last month, they just canceled them all and said, we're not abiding by any of them. So what a waste of 20 years. More than 20 years, almost 30 years. Well, I also think, too, that at the same time, as much as I agree with you that there should be a new change in, in the Palestinian leader, like to kick these leaders out, I also feel that if anybody's going to be progressive enough that want to have peace uh, with Israel, I would think that they would probably wind up getting shot. Yeah. That's, uh, I well, hate to say that, and I would really what, hope I'm wrong. Well, look what happened to Anwar Sadat. Exactly. I really hope I'm wrong on this, but all it takes is one. One radical lunatic that will that will put a bullet through a person's head. Well, you had Anwar Sadat. He he signed a yeah. peace deal with, uh, with Israel. A couple of weeks later, he was assassinated. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm worried about. That's exactly. That's why people like if Abbas were to turn around and would want to have peace with Israel, he he would be shot no matter what. Well, you know there is a uh, there is a concept that um, that any time a caliphate in Islam, there's a concept that any time a caliphate. Uh, ruled over a, a strip of land. That land is Islamic forever, mm-hmm. and anybody who tries to rule that land who's not Islamic is uh, is an infidel and must be destroyed. Yeah. Uh, it, since that exists, and the state of Israel was part of the uh, Ottoman Empire, which was a caliphate, w- they could never accept a Jewish state on formerly Islamic land in their mind. Mm-hmm. So Israel and the Arabs could never come to a peace. The uh, Islam will never allow Israel to live there in peace. And Israel has bent over backwards for the Palestinians, uh, g- uh, giving them so much, so much stuff and well, land Palestine, and Palestine, exactly. releasing releasing terrorists, giving land, exactly. sovereignty. They gave them guns. They gave them. Uh, they gave them infrastructure, and nothing and, in return. Nothing in return. It's amazing. Yeah. Nothing, they'll never be happy, and that's exactly what's that's exactly what my fears are. But look, if the United Arab Emirates have have joined have joined in the peace deal, and hopefully there'll eventually be a lot of pressure on the on on the Palestinians well, and there, the Palestinian leadership, and hopefully there has to be a lot of pressure right now because the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, uh, they are the um, they they are the country where the um, Arab League meets in. So the Arab League controls everything that happens in the Arab nations. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who created the PLO. So if they created the PLO, they could stop it as the same way they started it. And you know, if they choose to do that, that's one thing. You know, you can sign a peace deal and choose not to do that too, right? Well, hopefully, hopefully they will uh, get rid of the PLO, and hopefully things will start being normal. But that can take years. That can take so long to do that. And I, I mean, I only hope. I've always been like you, an, an, an advocate of peace, and I'm sure many other people too, an advocate of peace in the Middle East, and everybody should be to live in peace and, and, uh, and be able to get along. I mean, uh, to, well, I'm an we, advocate of, uh, I'm an advocate of honest journalism. And uh, what, what, well, so am I. what yeah. CTV did there, what Bell Media did there was not honest journalism. That was not, nope. not honest. No, and that's the problem, and like that's what I always said about elections or anything else. I don't like the way media is being slanted. 
uh, especially the big, it, not necessarily the small to medium media. Uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm, it's always the big, huge, the big players. Yeah. It, whether or not it, it's here in Canada or in the United States, those are the ones that are really slanted and those are dangerous. And what? that's, that, that's really dangerous. And the thing is what that reporter said, like, I'm not, I don't have the issue with Todd Vander Hayden. He was asking the questions. Right. It was the reporter, whoever the reporter was, I forget his name. But uh, for what the reporter said, the first thing, the first sentence that came out was Donald Trump's election thing. And I'm saying to myself, like, excuse me, there is a good peace deal here. Uh, big players of Israel and the United Arab Emirates have signed. There's going to be now telecommunications. There's going to be they're, free they're, trade between the countries. They're there, exchanging you'll be able diplomats. To, You'll be able to, there'll be embassies up, there'll be diplomatic associations, there'll be telecommunications of all kinds. I mean, this is a big step forward. Like, this was fantastic news over the last couple of days. And again, I would say to the big corporate media, who the heck cares of who that extra, that third party is? If I don't care if it was Trudeau, I don't care, I don't care if it was Andrew Scheer, I wouldn't care if it, and if it was the NDP leader, Jagmeet Singh, I don't care. The fact is that there's a peace deal. And, pe and the media has to take that in consideration, saying there's been a very big, very big news in the Middle East of the real positive variety, because always in the Middle East has always been negative, has been bombings, has been senseless number of people being killed, maimed, tortured. Now this is a big peace agreement, which is very rarely do you hear news like that anywhere, never mind in the Middle East. You're hearing this now, and like, like I said, if, if Trump brokered this in, then Trump should get the credit. Tr Trump, the, the, um, the, the leaders of the, uh, the United Arab Emirates, as well as Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel, they should all get the credit for trying to put this together that they want to get together for a common cause and saying, you know what, enough is enough. Let's prosper in this region for people to live in peace and harmony. So to me, my, my big question is that media does not have the right to slant something and I just don't understand why CTV didn't just report it straight. I don't get well, it. Well, that's the, that's the problem with media now. That's why I always said years ago, and this is why you and I were brought up old school in the, in the ethical journalism standards, that we really uh, take it very seriously from then to today to say, let's look, media, report on the facts, and people will make their own uh, assumptions after. It's not for you to slant in your opinion or the person up in the ivory tower. It's take the facts report them that's what the media is for is unbiased journalism asking the questions if you're not sure of something asking the hard questions getting the answers and putting it out there for people to make their own judgments and own opinions it almost sounds like the media doesn't even trust us to make our own opinions uh, why should anyone tell me what i have to think one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call you could get in on the conversation. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, I, I played a clip from uh, CTV News uh, at the beginning of the show where, um, where, where they brought on, they, they were reporting on the United Arab Emirates and Israel signing a peace agreement. 
And they brought on a guest who was uh, who was totally, you know, he said he was skeptical right at the beginning of the uh, of the interview. He said he was skeptical about this deal, and that he thought the deal was uh, was was merely a um, a way for Donald Trump, for Donald Trump to uh, to be able to uh, to achieve brownie points before before an American election. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. I'm talking with Sheldon Freed. He is my long-suffering producer. He's been uh, he's 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 on the show. He's he's here with me now. You could be on the phones at one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Sheldon, how do we change the media? How do we get them to uh, to 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 go back to the way it used to be? Is there any way to do that aside from buying the media? Like, I mean, if we all purchase the <laughs> the major media organizations, then we'd be able to change things. But is there any yeah, way? Yeah, exactly. Is there exactly. any way to do well, it without without having to spend a hundred billion dollars to buy them? Well, you know what? It's it's all in the mind of the listener because you know what? Like you said, you you don't need somebody. You're an independent thinker, as am I. You don't need somebody telling you how to think or telling you this or telling you that. You you it's the media might. Del, uh, get involved with something that we may not know in terms of getting the facts out. But that's all they should do is get into the facts, get into the, get into all the information, do the digging, and then taking it and making it into an unbiased situation whereby they state the facts or they print the facts, and it's up to us to make the decision. Is it possible for the, your, is to, it possible for the media to do that? Do you think it's possible? Well, you know what? It is possible. It's 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 all a matter of thinking. And it's it's all in the mindset. It's the same thing as people that consume the media, whether or not they read the newspaper or they listen to the radio or watch television. It's up to the population at large to say to the media, you know what, guys? Stop, uh, stop uh, telling me what to think. It's like it's like a child telling an adult. It's the same thing. If you were to tell your mother years ago, if you were five, six years old, yeah. to tell her what to think. So it's the same thing. It's like they're treating us like children and they're telling us what to think because they believe that we are unable to make our own intelligent assumptions or decisions. But why, why, why would wrong. they believe that? Why do you think they believe that, Sheldon? I, I don't know I, why they change because they, they you know what? I'll, 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 you know what? I have the answer. It's one word. It's called sensationalism. It's, think, it's think that's all what it about is? ratings, and it's sensationalism. It's sensationalistic journalism. Do you think that's what it was, really? I know, I know that's what it is. Because, look, if you take even before social media, I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. Before social media, there was never a lot of these enhancement of clips and whatever the case is, and and editing and splicing and all this other stuff, right? Right. But now with the advantages of audio and the technologies we have today, plus social media, plus all the availability of the news on the Internet and the audio that we can capture, um, you know, people can actually take clips and edit them for their own satisfaction. So they might take how many well, times people, have you heard of people them? People have been doing that taking, for years, though, Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah. But since the since the techno, uh, technology has been in the works, they've even done it more. And it's even worse now than it's ever been. Where before, even if they decided to to take some information and, and let's say edit it, they would do it more in a read than they would on uh, on a, a clip. Because let's say, for example, if you didn't hear that clip, and you would hear that, let's say certain things they wanted you to hear, but you didn't hear the clip in its entirety, you would think that would be the clip in essence. Uh, I went. Um, I, I'll tell you a story. Years ago, I um, I was uh, running a truth. I was running. Um, 
uh, Save All Jews Everywhere. It was a Jewish activist group. And I got a call from um, Emmanuel Lowy. I'll even name the guy because, uh, because I don't care. Uh, I got a call from Emmanuel Lowy. Emmanuel Lowy was a reporter for CBC's Daybreak, uh, hosted by uh, Royal Laura at the time. So this is how far back we're going. It's, it's a while ago. And Emmanuel Lowy says to me, hey, listen, you, uh, you're pretty vocal. I'd like to interview you. And I said, sure. And he says, where can we do the interview? And I was at school at the time. I was at Concordia. And I said, you know what? Let's meet at Concordia. And we met in my car. And we did the interview in the front seat of my car. And, uh, and he recorded the interview. And he asked me all these questions. They were pretty leading questions, whatever. But he asked me all these questions. And I answered his questions. And then the next morning, around 7 o'clock in the morning, I went to listen to the interview. And when I listened to the interview, I, um, I was shocked that the questions that were asked in the interview that aired on, CT- on CBC were very different from the questions that were asked me in the car. And the answers I gave, which were answers to the questions that were asked of me in the car, uh, were, um, made me sound like a, a radical, crazy guy. And so I immediately sent an email. Well, it wasn't even no emails at the time. I immediately sent a fax. That's how long ago this was. I'm dating myself. I immediately sent the fax to, uh, to CBC and said, hey, listen, what the heck? That wasn't the interview. That's not what happened. And, uh, and after an investigation, they fired him from, from the show because uh, he, he doctored the tapes. But, but this, ha- this has been happening for years. This is not new, Sheldon. So how people do we have to, how do we stop this? Call, well, that, that's it. The people have to call call them out on that. And uh, you know, it's they call it the old uh, drag and drop. Is like they'll take out questions that they would have asked you in the car. They keep your answers, and what they do is they then they'll re-record the questions that they that they asked you, and then they put them in. They drop them in, and they so essentially then, make then you say makes, stuff that you didn't really say. Exactly. So it'll make you sound like you're like uh, of the person that you are that make you sound like much different, either a radical or whatever, right wing, left wing, whatever the case is. Whereas you answered the questions based on the questions you heard in the car. Right. So they, I call it the old drag and drop or the old cut and paste type of thing. And that's exactly what they and, and yeah, the person should have been fired. Absolutely. No question about it, because that's that is really irresponsible journalism and the thing is now with the big corporate media the big the big boys as i'm saying because i'm not going to say it's the smaller medium the small and medium really haven't not to the same effect as the big boys uh let's put it this way i don't know i was working for a small newspaper small local newspaper and uh they changed my articles Oh, I'm saying their, about I'm saying about the edu- to match their editorial point of view. So, okay. I'm so, saying about the small broadcasting media. I don't know about the papers. You would be a lot more, uh, lot uh, you would be a lot more uh, knowledgeable on that than I would be. But I'm only basing it on uh, broadcasting, electronic broadcasting media. So I, I can't. I can't say about journalism. Uh, yeah, I know you've told me many times and that they've... Uh, I, told, I told the story on the air quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously they should not have done it either. And the thing is, if if they're going to... Um, the only time I could see them ever call, uh, you know, calling out a calmness is if they if they didn't do their research and right away they, they just... They just put very erroneous facts in without doing any research and without uh, really investigating... 
uh, their piece and what they what they need to do. And that's a different story that they should be called on it. But if you're doing your facts properly, which I know you do, I know you are a very responsible journalist, I no try. question in my mind, because I know you. Um, and the thing is that they doctored your article after doing all this, and you were telling me even one of the articles you were saying at, a, at a, an Israeli-Palestinian demonstration that you went to both sides to get the facts from both sides, and you were... Um, you were told something else that you should not have done that. And I disagree with that because you did the proper thing. And even if, let's say, for example, you did not, uh, you, you don't agree with the Palestinian stance, you at least got their side of the story, which is what journalists have to do. They have to put their politics and viewpoints aside and get both sides of the story. You might be gritting your teeth and biting your tongue. And that's the, one of the toughest things ever for a journalist, a journalist, uh, uh, journalist, uh, journalist to do. Uh, is to get that second side that you don't like, but you still have to get that second side nevertheless because you have to put, both. as they always say, there's three sides to every story, one side, the other side, and the truth. And you have to get the three sides balancing for people to make their own decisions. Look, I never so, had a problem doing that. I know some yeah. people do. I've never had a problem doing that. I can put my personal opinion aside and have a decent conversation with somebody. Uh, you know, a decent neutral conversation with somebody. Yeah. You may, to get, you to may get not look. You're not going to agree with your. What I don't have say, to agree. Gonna, my yeah, job is not to agree. To. Yeah, yeah. But you keep things in check, and that's what a a seasoned, proper. That's what you're supposed to uh, do. That's what you're supposed to do in journalism. Now, the thing is that people at large, I've also been at fault because they're not saying to the media, "Hey, you know what? This, you're you're doing things wrong." And I'm sorry, but we're one of the people that you never know that we can advertise on your media stream. So get your facts together and put the facts unbalanced, unbiased, a balanced and unbiased factual uh, stories and articles and, and opinions and everything. And let us judge. We're not babies here. Let us judge for ourselves. You do not have to be our mothers and fathers we are old enough to be able to formulate our own opinions. Our opinions may be, may be wrong. Our viewpoints might be wrong. But that's our viewpoints. You're listening to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The numbers to call, one 669 1292 to get in on the conversation. You can talk with me and Sheldon Eric Freed, who is here with me uh, tonight. Uh, I have... Um, I have some more information about the show and the changes we're making to the show starting this coming week. Uh, we're slowly rolling out changes to the show. Uh, I will share those with you a little later on. Uh, but if you want to talk about uh, media and media bias, because there's plenty of media bias out there, especially anti-Trump media bias. There's tons of it. And I don't think it's acceptable. Look, um, I may not agree with everything Donald Trump does as president. I may not uh, like the fact that he's president of the United States, but I respect the fact that he's the president. I respect the office of the presidency. And, well, that's what I do also. Yeah. And, and because I respect the process, I respect the democracy, I respect, I respect the, uh, the process of electing somebody, if this is who the American people chose to elect according to the rules of the election, then I, uh, I accept the fact that he's president. Now, if you don't like Donald Trump, that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to skew your reporting against Donald Trump. You, uh, you could just report honestly. This is what he did. And let the people decide. The people mm -hmm. elect their leadership. This is, uh, this, is, this is the way it's supposed to work. So mm -hmm. if the people don't like what Donald Trump is doing uh, as president of the United States, the people of the United States could vote Donald Trump out in four exactly. years. He has a four-year term. At the end of the four-year term, he either gets reelected or he leaves. 
So if you don't like what he does, you could vote him out. It's quite simple. Uh, the it's the pro- same thing as radio stations. You don't like a radio station, you you tune out. Exactly. You turn tune it to somewhere else. You shut the or you close the close up the radio station. Turn off so. the radio station, and you know, if enough people turn it off, the radio station goes off the air. Except it's for us, simple as you that. have to keep turning us on here on True Talk Radio. So you have to keep. Children, turning, they always yeah, you can, they always turn yeah. me on. Uh, okay, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. got that one in over real quick. Uh, the. Um, but the, the True Talk Radio, we don't have any, we don't have any advertisers, so uh, so we say what we want to say, and we say it how we want to say it, and there's nobody telling us what we can and can't say. We're and not we reliant on anybody. Pride. We say it with pride. Proud I, I, we do. I am very proud of of the shows we do on the sh- on the station. Yeah, which is and why you know, so, which so is why we're making situation. some changes. So you're you're going to elaborate a little bit later on in the show. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of new things that people can expect here on TrueTalkRadio.com. Not, not everything, but just new no, things. No, yeah, but I know. And not on TrueTalkRadio.com you... on the Howie Silberger show. Yeah, and when you did when you did your video, which was very well presented, by the thank way. You, thank very, you. Very, very much. well presented. Yeah, I, I yeah. saw it, and I even called you. You called me right immediately after, right after. Yes, you did. Right yeah. after, and I said, "My God, am I proud? Am I proud of the host of the oh. Howie Silberger show, Howie Silberger, which I, is the I think the best show on." I on tell you, my, my after that call, my chest was all puffed up, Sheldon. I I, I, I walked around with a puffy chest yeah. with pride for the rest of the day. And then you and then and then uh, you know we were discussing about True Talk Radio and all this. And I was saying, well, this is amazing. And I said, what else do you have in store? And you say, well, when we when we go to air on Sunday, we're we're going to know a little bit more. That's so right. So we're going to know a little exactly. bit more than what we did before, but, but we're not still as much know- as you'll know on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, are you going to give us a little bit more on tu- on Tuesday to go like to Thursday or something like that, well, or you think Tuesday you're basically going to? Well, well, like I said, it's a slow rollout. Um, it's taking uh, me a lot longer. Take me a lot longer to line up the people <laughs> I want to line up, and take me a lot longer to uh, to make the changes I want to make. I mean, it, I can tell a, you one thing, listeners. It's going to be exciting. That's all I'm going to tell you. Oh, uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Do I'm I look excited? excited I, I am excited. You're so excited, Howie, and you just can't hide it. And that's the main thing. And that's what I like. I'm about to lose control, Sheldon, but I think I like yeah, it. I exactly. Like and it. the thing is, if you're not <laughs> excited, then nobody's going to like it. That's true. And then everybody's, and, and, and then everybody's not going to lose control. All right. So uh, now that Sheldon's finished babbling, uh, Thank you. <laughs> we will, um, let, me, let me fill you in on some of the changes that we're going to make here on the Howie Silberger Show. So, <laughs> thank okay. you, Sheldon. All right, Thank so uh, here we are spare s- no expense. <laughs> here are some of the uh, here are some of the changes that are going to happen. Uh, the show is moving times, so we are not going to air at the same time that we have been airing for the last six years. So Sunday nights at six o'clock or eight o'clock or seven o'clock or at seven thirty, depending on the week, uh, we're going to have a set time, and that's the time that we're going to air. Uh, I can't tell you the time right now, but I'll have more information on that on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, um, look, I, you know, the show isn't the only thing I do in my life, and I have no. other, I have other schedules that I have to work around, and I will have my final schedule on Monday, which means that on Tuesday show I'll be able to tell you the schedule. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. That 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 is that is that is really what I'm trying to say here is that uh, is that what you're trying to say? I okay. don't have I don't have all the information for you tonight. But you will have the information on Tuesday. Well, maybe not all of it, but a lot more than I have tonight. And then on Thursday, you'll probably have more than you did on th- uh, on Tuesday. Well, but will you have all of it on Thursday? Well, I'll have maybe all of it on Sunday. <laughs> 
Yeah, please let me know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the show is changing times, and uh, I know a lot of you watch it or listen to it on uh, on replay or watch it and listen to it on archive, and then that's fine. Or you listen to the podcast, which is great, which is great. So the t- the time change of the live show doesn't really affect you very much, but those of you that listen to it live. Um, the announcements will be put up also on uh, on the True Talk, on True Talk on the Howie Silberger Show uh, page on Facebook. So uh, okay. so you could check it out on Facebook. I will post up the updates on the Howie Silberger Show page on Facebook. Uh, we are adding uh, we are adding some new features. There are some people who are going to be joining the show, and there are some people that ha- if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you'll recognize some of the names coming back. Uh, we're bringing back some of the old guys, and uh, we are well, old guys. They're not that old. I mean, I think the oldest one we're bringing back is in his thirties, Sheldon. Uh huh. But but you know they 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 were around for a long time. They've been on the show for a while. Okay. And they, then they left. And now they're coming back. So we're, we're going to bring back some old names, and we're going to bring back some new names. We're going to bring in some new names. We're not bring back new names. We're going to bring in new you, names. You're going to bring in new old names, or 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 new old names. Uh, well, some some names will be old names, some names will be new names, some names will be no names, uh, but there will be there'll be names, definitely names. <laughs> there'll be names, okay. <laughs> I, I can tell you one name right now. Uh, he's coming back. It's our financial guru, Daniel Inayatsade. He'll be back uh, doing a financial segment here on the show. Nice. Uh, we haven't done a money segment in a long time, and Daniel uh, has agreed to come back and do a money segment on the show. He was Welcome, supposed, Daniel. He was supposed to be on, on, uh, on, on tonight, uh, but I, I, I pushed him off uh, for, for another couple of days because I wanted to get everything kind of organized before we brought him on. Oh, you pushed him off. Okay. I did, yeah. Okay. He was excited about being on tonight, but I, uh, I asked him to delay his, uh, his return to the show. Uh, okay, so you asked him to delay his excitement is what you did. I did, yeah. So now he's excited about coming back on the show in a couple of weeks. or in next Fancy week. that. Okay. Next week or in a couple of weeks, I'm not sure yet. When, when, I don't think we'll I ever him. met him. I think it might have been before I joined, uh, I joined uh, your show. Daniel, I but. think, was on the show in probably 2012, 2013. Yeah, because I came That's on October guess. of 2013 or something like that. Yeah, and so, were, so maybe 2011, yeah. 2012, Daniel was around, 2010. Yeah. Okay. You know, somewhere in that area, right? Between 2.10 and 2.14, he was around. Okay. Um, he was around around the same time that Svi uh, Herskovich was on the show. I think you were there for Svi. No, And no. Uh, Itai Azarad was on the show. I don't think you were there for Itai. Itai I was, yeah. yeah sure, right, Itai. You were there for the end of Itai. Yeah, n- yeah. Near, near the, the end, end of Itai. Yeah. 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 So he was on, he was on, like, you know, it's kind of mid-range Itai. Yeah. Mid-range Itai. Mid-range, okay. Are you mid-range talking about Itai. his voice or mid or mid-range in the right, year? His voice hasn't changed in the in, in the in the uh, well, I don't know how how many years has been <laughs> since he started the show. Let's That's see. funny. It's over a decade for sure. Itai, if you're listening, we love you. It was his birthday, so happy birthday, Itai. It was just his birthday. Happy birthday, Itai. All the best. Ago. Yes. Him and his yes. brother Asaf, they're they're twins, and happy birthday to oh. both of them. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, so so Itai's not coming back, as far as I know. Uh, but Daniel is. Uh, and we have a whole bunch of other guys who are coming back. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of working out, negotiating with them now. So I'll have more information about it uh, in the next uh, couple of days, for sure. Okay. Okay. Next few days. So they'll have access to the True Talk uh, mobile and uh, the True Talk credit card and all that other stuff, eh? Yeah, all the same access you have to everything, Sheldon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that, that's access. These. <laughs> These long chats I have with Sheldon are going to be cut down a bit because uh, 
because we have a lot of other segments to get on. So uh, Sheldon will be around. I mean, he'll be on, but uh, but we're I'll not be around. We're not gonna have forty-five minute conversations anymore, show. Oh darn! Just when I was trying to make you laugh, and you were trying to make me laugh. I know. Oh, oh well. Oh well. I know. What can we do? Uh, some weeks we will have forty-five minute conversation. It all depends on the week. So we'll 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 take it we'll take it you know week by week. And we'll see how it works out. And, Sounds good. And uh, and you know Mark David has been around for a while. Uh, I spoke to him the other day. And How's he doing? He's doing great. He's uh, he he's busy. He's very very busy, uh, and uh, he doesn't have time to be on the show at the moment. Uh, when he has time, he will be back, uh, but. Because he's not around, and I kind of miss his on the mark segment, uh, Sheldon is going to be filling in with, um, with, with, uh, with the newscast. And so yes. I, I've asked Sheldon to prepare a newscast every week, and Sheldon will be, uh, will be filling in for Mark until Mark comes back with a newscast here on the show. Mark did our news, and uh, we appreciate every, every day of the 12 years he was on the show. And uh, and uh, I'm sure that when he has time and when he has a chance and when uh, when when he's when he's able to, he will be back on the show. Uh, I look forward to welcoming Mark back. He's okay. I know a lot of people have uh, emailed me and asked me about Mark and why he's no longer on the show. He just has some personal stuff he has to deal with, and uh, and he's busy personally. So uh, we gave him time off, and he'll be back as soon as he can. Good. Well, Mark, if you're listening, hope all is well, and we hope one day you will be coming back to us. Yes, we, we look forward to that day. Uh, Sheldon Eric Freed has <laughs> prepared a newscast, and I am looking forward to hearing this newscast. Now, I, I should have a sounder for it, which I don't, but I will in the future. Well, I tell you so, what I can what I can do. Until you have a sounder, I could just read off in terms of a very funny, funny and strange things in the news. That really can get you scratching your head on some of these stories that I picked out for you. I'm uh, I'm, I'm waiting in bated anticipation. Bated so if you want, so if you want, I could read it as a as a regular uh, person as opposed to a serious newscast when I would actually get a musical thing behind me. But it's your choice. All right, Sheldon. Let's uh, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it as a regular newscast okay. with, with with no sounders. Oh. Bridesmaid who turned up to their mutual friend's well, one wedding. One sec, one sec, one sec. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. One sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. Let me introduce you. Oh, yes, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a regular newscast, so we need we need that yes. that grandiose introduction, right? Okay. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, True Talk Radio proudly presents the news with Sheldon Eric Freed. Well, Howie, I am back, and once again here on True Talk Radio, here are some funny and strange things in the news. Bridesmaid who turns up their mutual friend's wedding rehearsal wearing a tiara. A bridesmaid has been slammed for wearing a tiara to a wedding rehearsal. A fellow wedding guest explained that a few members of the wedding party have been asked to wear casual summer dresses to the run-through. Nothing over the top. But when they arrived, they were left mind-boggled when they saw that the 25-year-old bridesmaid was wearing a crown on her head. The members of the wedding party wrote, I'm not sure if it's petty or not of me to post this. I'm just genuinely mind boggled. We were asked to wear sundresses for it. I get there and said the 25 year old bridesmaid has a crown on her head. I have heard of royalty before, Howie, but this is a little over the top. The top of her head, that is. Oof. 
Second item in the news. <laughs> Mum shared the gift she made for her son's 18th birthday online. Any parent with a teenager knows so well how hard it can be to buy for them when it comes to their birthday or Christmas. So an Australian woman shared the gift she put together for her son to ensure he would be happy with what he got. She had arranged five different gift cards on a notice board with a note beside each one. The note read, Happy 18th, Kalen. Treat yourself to something for the road, untraveled, for your car or fishing. Enjoy now. You're 18 and legal, but get home safe. Love, Dad, Alicia and Ava. Beside the note was a number of gift cards for different shops. There was a MasterCard debit card, gift cards for Kohl's, Rebel Sport and other brands, Liquorland and Uber. She also shared a picture of the sweet setup for the big day with balloons, another gift box, presents and a notice board of gift cards. Since being posted to Facebook, hundreds of parents have praised the present. One said, that's very cool. Great idea, hon. I might just copy it. News item number three, strange as it is. Mum's witty response to neighbor's brutal note about baby's inconsiderate crying. A mum who received a rude note from her neighbor about her baby has hit back in the best way. Malaysian-based mum, Geraldine Amy Ya, received a message from her neighbor about her five-month-old baby's crying. The neighbor who wrote the letter is currently working from home during this coronavirus pandemic, but is finding it hard to concentrate with the baby's moaning in the background. So she left the mom a note asking her to be more considerate and to close any doors during the day so they cannot hear the baby wailing. The note reads, Hello, could you please close the door when baby's crying during daytime? Currently, we're working from home. Please be more considerate, reported the son. The mom also claimed that her neighbor visited her home and complained to the woman's maid. Stunned by her neighbor's action, Geraldine posted a note of her own and shared it on Facebook. She wrote... For infant, they can get real irritating with their high-pitched screaming or crying, but that's the way they communicate, and I do not have the magic to stop her from crying or make her grow up faster so that she can communicate without crying. She also joked, we gave her a stern warning on the day we received your feedback. I'm not sure if she quite understood it, but she did look serious after hearing it and gave it a pity, sad look. Geraldine promised to keep the door closed as much as possible during the day, but said the stuffy weather may cause the baby to be cranky. Instead, she suggested that her neighbors close the door and asked if they would consider wearing headphones to block out any noise. She added, I would appreciate you not to come over to shout and scold my helper as your behavior have scared her and my baby. After Geraldine sarcastically described her baby's cries as, quote, noise pollution, she concluded by telling her neighbor to contact the authorities for any suggestions. 
And last but not least, strange and funny stories in the news, Howie. Children destroy parents' house and they post hilarious listings to sell it. A virtual property tour for a home on sale has gone viral for its refreshingly honest approach to find a buyer. The four-bedroom house in New South Wales, Australia is described as barely livable and advises house hunters looking for a quick move to give it a miss due to destruction found after stepping through the front door. The marketing video makes no attempts to hide the glaring holes in the walls, missing floorboards, and mold, thanking the previous owners for, quote, doing the courtesy of starting the renovation one punch at a time. It's listed with an asking price of about 246000 pounds and has racked up thousands of views on realestate.com.au after the state of the property went steeply downhill when the long-term owners moved away and left it to their children. Matt Gravis, an estate agent for Gitoes, said they clearly enjoyed the place a bit too much and unfortunately destroyed the property from throwing lots of wild parties, among other things. When the parents returned home, Matt said they were left with no choice but to sell up after seeing the havoc waiting for them inside. The virtual tour points out the featured deconstructed wall in the entrance with wires hanging loose and a gaping hole, Howie, in the floor of a doorway. It states the kitchen has been partially renovated with the other part found in one of the bedrooms featuring a bedspoke mold splashback, a theme the owners have kept going throughout the, ho the house. Inspecting the master bedroom, it says, plenty of light in this room, custom-made, one-of-a-kind stained carpet, I can imagine the stains, yeah. and an open-plan ensuite. Nothing says romance like lying in bed and talking to your partner when they're on the tush. In the bathroom, the renovation is already underway with the addition of a freshly toilet roll and a hole in the door. An asbestos hole in the water wall is passed off as abstract art and the sellers promise to throw in the treasure trove of junk lurking under the foundations of the house for no extra cost. Wow. But despite the rotting timber decking, Howie, missing floorboards, overgrown garden, and rusted shed, the listing agent has said it sparked a lot of interest from first-time buyers looking to get on the market and builders after a project. Lots of buyers are keen to do a mini reno on the property, while a few are looking at gutting it completely, said Matt. First home buyers have really come back into the market of late, and we are being inundated with requests. And that's funny and strange things in the news on the Howie Silberger Show on the Truth Talk Radio Network. Uh, well, Sheldon, I got one story for you. Yes. A runaway horse named Vertigo was, hey. was rescued late Wednesday after partially falling through a wooden pedestrian bridge at a park in Plantation, Florida. Vertigo was being ridden by his owner along Northwest 118th Avenue near Volunteer Park when a passing car spooked him, said Aston Bright, spokesman for Plantation Fire Rescue. He reared up and freaked out, Bright said. When the owner got off to calm him down, Vertigo took off running at the park. Uh, the 1,100-pound horse eventually made his way onto the park's pedestrian bridge. That's when several boards gave way and he fell. He couldn't get up. 
His right hind legs were trapped in a hole. When Plantation Fire Rescue and Davy Fire Rescue specialized animal rescue units for large animals, such as horses, arrived, Vertigo was flailing about and trying to escape. The situation looked bad, Bright said. A 50-ton tow truck with the boom was called in to help hoist the horse out of the hole. The rescue went smoothly except for one moment when Vertigo was seen nearly kicking one of his rescuers while being lifted out of the hole. Vertigo was eventually sedated and dragged off the bridge for a checkup with Dr. Tiffany Trotter. <laughs> an equine veg veterinarian. He had lacerations on his leg, but it didn't appear to be fractured. About an hour after the rescue, Vertigo then got up by himself. I think he's doing really well, all things considered, Trotter told the local 10. The leg that was actually stuck under the bridge is the leg that he's been bearing more weight on, which is a good sign. Plantation Fire Rescue later posted on their Facebook that Vertigo is doing well and is standing up on his own four feet. He was set to get a full checkup on Thursday. Bright said that this was the first horse rescue Plantation Fire had responded to in about 15 or 20 years. The team that rescued Vertigo is wishing him a full recovery, filled with relaxation and yummy apples, and hopefully he won't get too dizzy. Love it. <laughs> love it. Dr. Trotter, it's a good, love it. It's a good thing Dr. Trotter was there when the horse got dizzy and fell through the hole. When a, a, horse named, a horse with no name. A horse, a horse named Vertigo <laughs> got dizzy and fell through the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Only well, or, Hall, or Hall and Oates could have been in on it, too. Only in Florida, Sheldon. Yeah, only, only, in, only in Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> great. Way to share it. That's great. That's marvelous. All right. That's it for uh, us. I'm all out Well, of time. it was enjoyable as it always is, Howie. Sure. You're just saying that. I know the truth. Ah, uh, you know the truth. Yeah. 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 You know uh, the truth. I, I want to thank everyone who listened. We'll be back on Tuesday. I'll be back on Tuesday uh, with another episode here on the Howie Silberger Show right here on the Put truth some more Radio information Network. of what to expect on the Howie Silberger Show. Well, hopefully. Yes. I hope to have more information on Tuesday. If not, then Thursday, and then if not, then next Sunday. Well, you know, yes. it, it's coming. I told you it's going to come slow, so it's going to come yeah. slow. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We'll see you again uh, next week. Thank Take you. care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>